If you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. We've uh, been walking through some different stories, just moments with the Master uh, over these summer months and just uh, kind of looking at some special encounters with Jesus Christ and uh, what a difference he can make. And every one of them teach us different lessons. And uh, this morning we're talking about the mission of the Master, uh, his mission, the, the whole point and purpose. Uh, as we get going this morning, there's several different things this week I was looking at. Uh, but one question I wanted to ask is this, have you ever been lost before? You ever been lost? I'm not talking about spiritually. I mean, all of us were born sinners lost, all right? But I'm, I'm talking about, uh, you ever been lost? You know, it's interesting the day in which we live where everybody's got a little GPS, you whip it out, and it tells you exactly where to go, that kind of thing. Hadn't always been that way. And uh, I, I, remember, uh, I remember, you remember when MapQuest was a big deal? And uh, you get that map quest out there, you can print down hard copies and go wherever you're going to go, whatever, you know. And uh, uh, Bonnie and I were going to the Grand Canyon one year, and uh, man, I'm telling you, we were listening to this little map quest thing, and it took us out into the middle of the woods. I mean, I thought I'd gone from uh, uh, out there at the Grand Canyon to Virginia, like deliverance. It was like, man, there's people living in these woods out here that don't look right. But uh, anyways, have you ever been lost? You know, in those moments of lostness, you, you feel kind of vulnerable. You feel kind of like, man, where am I? And, uh, but, but let me ask you even, a, even, a, even another question. Uh, have you ever lost something? Or let's go beyond the something. You ever lost someone? I'm not talking about to death. I'm talking about you ever lost somebody? You ever had a child that disappeared on you? That's a feeling that uh, will turn your stomach inside out. Uh, whether it's happened in your life before or those around you. Uh, you ever been in a theme park where somebody all of a sudden you see a mother or a father with a frantic look and they're hollering their child's name and they're not worried about what anybody else is thinking. They're not worried about entering into conversation. All they know is that I have a child that is lost and I'm looking for this one that is lost. And there is great, great, great urgency in the matter. Why? Because they understand the vulnerability of their child. They understand that they are in danger because they're lost. And, uh, and this morning, I think about Scripture, and as we walk through God's Word, only two kinds of people even exist. Only two types of people exist. There are those that are saved and those that are lost. Those that have been found and those that are still lost. And this morning, it's my prayer that God would help us to understand what the mission of our master is, and because he is our master, what my mission ought to be in life. That there are people <clears throat> all around us that are lost people, and God help us. You know, sometimes it's interesting because sometimes a person can be lost and oblivious. They don't even realize they're lost. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and, 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 but, but let me just say this. Just because they're oblivious and don't realize they're lost doesn't mean that they're no longer in danger it means that they're still simply lost. There's no greater tragedy, in fact, than a lost soul. Mark chapter number 8, and in verse number 36, the Bible says, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Eternally separated from God in a place called hell. Jesus' primary mission was to seek and to save the lost. And he states it in this encounter today. 
Luke chapter number 19, beginning in verse number 1, and the Bible says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. <clears throat> and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was a small man in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. Now when Jesus came to that place, he looked up, said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and he came down and received him gladly. Now when they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He's gone to be the guest of a man who's a sinner. Verse 8, Zacchaeus he stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I'll give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is <clears throat> lost. That's the primary mission of our Savior, to seek and to save that which was lost. It's an interesting time in the life of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> in fact, we're only a few hours from Palm Sunday. Uh, it was Passover, and the Jews were traveling over into Jerusalem by the masses. And, and, and by this time, the reputation of Jesus Christ was spreading. And so, no doubt, there was a buzz in the air. In fact, on Palm Sunday, when he does enter, we see the masses that are gathering together and they're waving their palm branches for Jesus Christ. I, I want to be able to see this one who speaks to the seas and calms them. I want to see the one who tells the winds to stop blowing and they do. I want to see the one who's walked on water. I want to see this person who has raised the dead and given them life again. I want to see this one who's taken the lame and caused them to walk and the blind and given them their sight. I want to see Jesus. And so the crowds were there to see Jesus Christ. But they, although they came to see Jesus, Jesus didn't come just simply to be seen. Jesus came to save. And so this morning, I, I just want to ask you the question, why do you gather today? Why do you gather today? In fact, I think that there are a lot of people, in fact, the masses, the masses came just simply to see Jesus Christ. And when he didn't measure up to what they thought he would be, their cheers turned quickly to jeers, and by the end of the week, he's crucified. Why? Because you didn't measure up. You didn't meet me where I expected you to meet me. And so the masses, when he was entering into the town simply came to see this one of whom they had heard. Now in this story, it's interesting when you're looking at this encounter with specifically with Zacchaeus. <clears throat> Most of us know uh, uh, my life's song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. And uh, uh, Zacchaeus, most of us know the song, heard the story. But, but, but think about the story, though, today. Uh, first of all, when you're talking about Zacchaeus, just simply the condition of a sinner, the condition of a sinner. He was lost. In fact, when you're talking about this person, Zacchaeus, you know, a lot of times we look at people and we can become so hard-hearted and critical of other people, but help 
help understand where people are coming from. When you look at Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, the Bible tells us he was a tax collector. Not only was he a tax collector, he was a very wealthy tax collector. In fact, when you looked at Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was that dude that had everything that money could possibly buy. I mean, he had all the nicest of clothes. He had the house. He had the camel or whatever he was driving. He could go to fine dining. He had it all. Everything about him said he needs nothing. And yet inside his heart, there was a heart that was longing for love because he was a lonely, lonely man. Nobody wanted to be around Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Nobody wanted to be seen with him. He was a lonely person, a heart that was hurting. In fact, when you're talking about people, a lot of times what will happen to us is this. People will guard their hearts. You know what I'm talking about? I don't want to be vulnerable. My heart is looking for love, but I want to project an image that says, I really don't give a rip whether you come around me or not. When the fact of the matter is, we were created for relationship. And this morning, listen, you may be here and you guard in your heart and you're like, man, I don't care. I don't care to be around anybody. I don't care to know anybody. I don't want to be known. When the fact of the matter is, God didn't create you. He didn't design you like that. But we like to guard our hearts. And Zacchaeus was a man that nobody wanted to be with. When you look at his life and when you look at what he was about, in fact, the Jews would look at him and say, number one, you're a traitor because you're a Jew, but, 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 but what you've done is you've sold out to the Romans and you're collecting tax for the Romans. You're a traitor. And not only are you a traitor, you're a thief. Why? Because the tax collector was entrusted with their little district, and he would go out, and the Romans would say, hey, I need you to gather a million dollars from this group of people in your district this year. Well, and they turned the blind eye, and, and, and so he would go to collect taxes, and what are you going to make this year? I don't know. Let's see how much I can collect. And so he would steal from people, and that's where he was. So Zacchaeus was a guy that nobody wanted to see him coming. <clears throat> Kind of like the IRS today. <clears throat> Nobody wanted to see him coming. And so he's a lonely man. He was a hurting man. But the, behind every tough exterior, just know this, there was a heart that was desperate for love. Zacchaeus was trying to see, verse number 3, who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was absent to pass through that way. He was about to pass through that way. That didn't sound right. It's a sad statement when you talk about this picture that's painted because you have one that says, man, I want to see Jesus. And, 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 and yet, because of the crowds, he couldn't see him. And I thought about that, and I was thinking, you know, <clears throat> what a shame it is. I, I, I believe, to be fair that there were some people in the crowd that day that were oblivious to his existence. I mean, I, I'm just here. I don't even know Zacchaeus. I don't know who this person is. I'm just here to see Jesus myself. Uh, and then there were others in the crowd because, again, of his position that would know exactly who Zacchaeus was. And they see Zacchaeus, and, and the thoughts of the mind are simply this. What are you doing here, Zacchaeus? Why are you even here? Your kind ought not to be coming to a gathering like this. And so the crowds were getting in the way. 
And, you know, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, <clears throat> what a sad statement when the crowd's get in the way of people seeing Jesus. You know that can happen? Do you know that can happen when people come into a gathering like this? Not, not, not physically, but spiritually. When, when we're not expressing the love of Jesus Christ. You ever heard it said this way? What you do speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you say. In other words, if my actions, my actions can blur someone being able to see Jesus Christ. I mean, there's a thought that some people have. In fact, this is my church, which praise God for that ownership, but yet at the same time, know this, it needs to be an open door where we receive anybody and everybody gladly. You know, you hear stories and you say, ah, oh, that doesn't really happen in church. You know, I was in student ministry a few years ago, a lot of years ago, and um, we were at Aloma, and uh, our, our students were in the back corner of worship, and I said, man, I, I don't want our students to be in the back corner. I want them to be front and center, no distractions, and so we shifted. We moved, and um, there was a senior lady, and I'm not throwing, hey, hey listen, be careful. I'm not saying all, all senior Jesus, they just don't want to change. That's not what I'm suggesting for one second. I'm simply saying there was a lady who let them know, hey, you kids are sitting in my seat. She went on to say, y'all need to go back where you belong. I told her where she should go. No, I didn't say, I didn't say that. But I just thought, how sad it is. How sad it is. I don't own a seat in this house. In fact, in fact, if you want to come sit right there, I sit there every single week, right there, right there. been sitting there for years, right there. If you want my seat, you can have it. I will gladly give it up. <laughs> I'm just thankful you're here, whoever you are. God help us. Hey, next Sunday night, we have the privilege of inviting community, and there will be community that will gather on our fields. And I'm telling you, some of them don't think like you do. Some of them don't act like you do. They are lost people. And God, help us, help them to see Jesus clearly. As a crowd, we have a responsibility to do that along the way. Here you have a man, Zacchaeus, whose heart is hurting. He is a man that's longing for love, and he's heard the stories of Jesus. And he says, man, maybe, maybe he loved me. Maybe I might find forgiveness in this one. And so he runs down, and he climbs the tree. The condition of the man, he is a lost man that's longing for love. Do I help others see Jesus clearly. What do my actions look like? There's the invitation of the Savior that's given. Zacchaeus was in a tree, but Jesus came to Zacchaeus exactly where 
he was. And that's the way our Savior is. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and he came down and received him gladly. And when they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, he's gone to the guest of a man who's a sinner. The invitation to Zacchaeus. What an interesting picture. The crowds are all around the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet in the midst of a crowded place, Jesus calls a man by his name. And that's exactly the way he moves. That's exactly how the Holy Spirit of God works. You may be in a crowd. You may be here this morning even. And you're sitting there and you're wondering who is speaking into my heart. Could it be that the Holy Spirit of God is knocking? On your heart door. You know the Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 verse number 20. It says it like this. Behold I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door. I will come in to him. And will dine with him and he with me. It's, it's a personal invitation that's given. Number one. It's a personal invitation. But number two I tell you what it is. It's relational. It's relational. Jesus said hey Zacchaeus. I need to hang out with you. That's what he said. Zacchaeus, come down from that tree, man. I need to hang out with you. I need to spend some time with you. And you know, that's what we're called to do with people, is to invest in people. It takes time. It takes effort to say, hey, I need to hang out with you. I want to invest in you. And just a question to, to be asked is there anybody in your life that you say, man, I, I, I'm going to call them so that I can just hang out with them? Not for the purpose, by the way, of just hanging, although there's nothing wrong with just hanging, but for the intentional purpose of saying, hey, I want to get to know you and speak some truth into your life. Do you have anybody in your life that, that, that you would say, hey, I engage people on that level. God help us to be people that are intentional with the gospel of Jesus Christ, recognizing it's not just I can stand here and go through the ABCs of salvation, but that, hey, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down so we can hang out. Let's have a meal together. Let's get to know one another. I care about Zacchaeus. I care about you. You know, people don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care, and it takes time. And that's exactly what Jesus is modeling for us. He said, hey, come on down from the tree. And he hurried and came down and he received him gladly. What a picture. You know, Zacchaeus in his encounter didn't bring anything with him but his old sorry self. <laughs> but that's all we bring to the table with Jesus. We are saved by grace. In fact, the Bible says Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8. And following, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Aren't you thankful for his amazing grace? You know, it's interesting when you're talking about uh, this encounter. Because obviously in verse number 7 we're told that there were critics in the crowd. And you know what? There's critics in every crowd, no matter where you are. There's critics in every crowd. They looked up there, they heard Jesus. Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus, come on down from that tree. And they're thinking, man, I wish Zacchaeus would fall and break your neck. <laughs> I wonder if Jesus even knows who Zacchaeus is. I mean, he doesn't need to spend time with him. The thoughts of the crowd that were critical 
of this one Zacchaeus. You know, I thought about Zacchaeus and I thought about sometimes if you're not careful in the church how we can do the same thing with people. I mean, they don't belong here. They're not my kind of person. And sometimes that's true not just of lost people, but even of saved people. They don't act like us. They ask too many questions. They need to go somewhere else. They're not one of us. And God help us recognize, you know what? We're all sinners saved by grace. I'm no better than anybody else. And I'm grateful for a church family, recognizing that a church family is filled with diversity. And by the way, do you realize that you know what happens to us a lot of times? We expect people to act saved when they're not. I expect people to have my mindset, and that might be lost. And a lost person's not going to have your mindset. And a lost person might not act with great love. And the reason why is because they're lost. So the question has to be asked, they've got an excuse. So what's my excuse? I mean, they're, they're, they are what they are. They're lost. And God help us recognize, man, and be a church that says, hey, I'm going to welcome people. I'm going to love on people right where they are. They're not going to act like me. They're not going to talk like me. They're not going to look like me. We're not going to agree on hot topics along the way. But guess what? They were made in the image of God for a relationship with our king. And God says, I want you, I want you to be my witness. And so God help us to give a clear witness. <clears throat> he gives them an invitation. Verse number 8 and 9 goes on. Zacchaeus stopped and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. You ever think thoughts when you're reading through Scripture? <clears throat> I think a lot of thoughts. And uh, one of the thoughts I thunk with this passage of Scripture, I was reading this passage of Scripture and just thinking, I wonder, I wonder what the conversation went like. I mean, we're not sure exactly the order of events. We know the general uh, order of events. <clears throat> but could it be that possibly Zacchaeus and Jesus actually had time together before Zacchaeus turned and engaged the crowd? I don't know. But, but I just wonder what was said. But I do know this. Isn't it interesting? You know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. That Jesus didn't come and just start saying, Zacchaeus, you are one sorry sucker. Uh, but, but I do wonder, I do wonder though, I, I just wonder if maybe Jesus said, man, Zacchaeus, this house is really nice. <laughs> man, dude, you're really making some money. <laughs> I, I don't know how Jesus began the conversation. But do you know, Scripture does tell us that love covers a multitude of sins. And we do know this. When a man or a woman gets saved, God changes them. And that's the point. I don't know what was said, but all I know is Zacchaeus got under conviction and he got saved. 
And by the way, he didn't get saved because he gave away what he had taken, but rather because he got saved, therefore he gave. See, that's, there's a change that happened. He didn't give for his salvation. He gave from his salvation. That's what Zacchaeus, that's what happened. And when God saves a person, God changes us from the inside out. And we begin this process, the big word is the process of sanctification, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And I'm still in that process of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And he does a work within us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what happens. All of a sudden, he went from a getter to a giver. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 and verse number 17 that if any person, if any man's in Christ, then he's a new creature. He changes us from the inside out. And so, and so the question's got to be asked, have I been changed? I mean, do, do I want to honor the Lord God Almighty? Do I want to obey Him? Do I want to bring Him glory with my life? Is there a want to? And if there's not, then where's the change? You know, some people that say, man, that's just the way I am. And it's like, well, might have been the way you was, but are you in the process of change? <laughs> By the power of the Holy Spirit of God, this sanctification, going from a getter to a giver. In fact, I would even suggest that <clears throat> the most generous people on the planet ought to be Christians. Most generous people on the planet ought to be a Christian. Why is that? Because a Christian recognizes everything I have, I owe to Jesus. Everything. I deserve nothing. In fact, I really deserve hell. But I'm saved. <laughs> and God has blessed me abundantly and everything that I have is entrusted to me and I pray to God that I be a good steward and if I am going to be a good steward I will be a generous person Acts chapter 20 verse number 35 is where Zacchaeus <clears throat> landed in everything uh, I showed you that by working hard in this manner you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive and it really really is if you ever <clears throat> get to the point you might say man i don't I, I just don't like to give i just don't like giving. and there's an, always an excuse there's always an excuse why not why not <clears throat> i just don't have enough well you know being generous has nothing to do with how much you got it's a matter of the heart god help me just simply to be a generous person to experience again his blessings. <clears throat> we go down here and stated in the very last verse of this passage of Scripture is the mission of our Savior. The Bible says in verse number 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know, if I'm a follower of anybody, then their mission becomes my mission. Would you agree? I mean, if, 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 you're, if, you say, if I said, man, I want you to just follow me. I want you to follow me. <clears throat> On Monday morning, we're going to get up and we're going to go fishing. All right? So grab your cane poles. We're going to meet. I'm going to go fishing. Some of you would say, man, hot dog, let's go. And others would say, mm, that ain't my thing. 
If, are you a follower or are you not? Tuesday, we're going to get up, <clears throat> and we're not going to go fishing on Tuesday. Tuesday, we're going to get up, and we're going to go down, and we're going to go roller skating. <laughs> Some of you say, oh, that's wonderful. Others say, oh, I ain't doing that. Break my neck. I look like an idiot. <laughs> Wednesday, and, and, and go down a list, and go down a list. So if, if you say, hey, at the end of the day, I mean, I, either I'm a follower or I'm not a follower. Either I'm going to do whatever the leader says I'm going to do or not. And I'm not suggesting I need to be your leader. I'm saying Jesus needs to be your leader, and he needs to be my leader. And as Jesus Christ said, I'm come to seek and to save that which is lost. If I am following, I will be a fisher of men. If I'm not fishing, I'm not following. And so the question's got to be asked, am I a fisher of men. The Bible says, <clears throat> Matthew chapter number four, when he was calling his followers, and it is about us following him, but it's also about becoming fishers of men. Matthew four, verse number 19, and the Bible says it <clears throat> like this. Back up to verse number 18. It's not on the screen. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's what Jesus was. And if I'm not fishing for men, I'm not following. You know, church, <clears throat> there's a world that's lost. Remember the child that's lost? See, sometimes we see the physical, but we miss the spiritual. Do you realize the seriousness of the condition of the lost? The seriousness of the condition? One heartbeat from an eternity in hell. That's where they are. That's where they're living life. And God has said, hey, I want you to be fishers of men. I want you to join me in my mission to seek and to save that which is lost. It's my prayer that God would find us faithful in fulfilling his mission. Would you join me today for prayer? As we pray this morning, I'm just asking the question, number one, maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what, I, I kind of identify with Zacchaeus. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. Whether you're here online, I'm here. Just wondering, and can I tell you something? Jesus knows everything about you. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your failures. And yet God's word says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That Jesus did not come to condemn you, but he came to save you. He demonstrated his great love and that while we were still sinners, Christ died on the cross for you and for me. And our Savior didn't die and stay in the grave. Three days later, 
He rose from the dead. He's alive, and he desires a living, loving relationship with you. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And if you've never called on his name, I want to invite you to call on his name today. Maybe the Holy Spirit of God is knocking today. Won't you open that door? Say, man, I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want Jesus to be my Savior. We're going to sing a song, and after we sing this closing song, we're going to wait for you down front. We'd love to rejoice with you, celebrate with you, encourage you on your journey. But if you're here today and say, man, I, I want a relationship with God. I want Jesus as my Lord. You come, you come. To my brothers and sisters, man, we are surrounded by Zacchaeus's. Are we fishing? Are we helping them see Jesus? Oh, God, help us. Father, thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. Oh, God, thank you for coming to us. <laughs> thank you. Lord Jesus, today I pray that you would search our hearts, that you would have your way and that we would respond obediently to the leadership of your Holy Spirit, that you would be honored and glorified today. Thank you for this moment, God. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.